Warning! What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Quote, it's been over 35 years ago, and I remember like it was yesterday. What I remember most was the fear that we all felt when these things came around. There were several times that my family saw this creature in broad daylight, but it was usually at night. Is this when they would, because this is when they would be more active and come up and they would just come up and rattle our doors and look at our, and yeah, look at our windows, you know, and walk around our house and just scare the hell out of everybody. Hmm. Now the quote had, had, was a little repetitive. It wasn't just me messing up my words. Okay. It continues. It's just a really, really scary situation because once it got going, it was almost every night, these things would come up and terrorize our family. The reason that we were all so scared is no one knew what it was. You know, we didn't know anything about Bigfoot back then. Hmm. I was nine years old, never heard of Bigfoot. And neither did my father. It's a strange thing because now it's just such a phenomenon. Right. Everybody knows, has heard of Bigfoot at least. Yeah, so imagine, we'll get to it, probably in, the, in literally uh, the next like couple sentences. So like what time frame would you not know about a Bigfoot? I guess in the early 1900s. Let's do a little later than that. Well... I mean, oh, you wouldn't know anything about him. You're not wrong. That's true. Yeah. But uh, where Bigfoot was like a thing, but you may not have known about it. Okay. Maybe because you lived in a remote area. These are the words of Bart Nunnally on the year that would change his life forever. What was that year? 1972. Close. 1975. Huh. So we're in the swing of things. The place, Henderson County, Kentucky. The town Spotsville, to be more precise. Kentucky, you said? Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of northwest, I think. No. Kentucky from us? No, I mean, <laughs> the town in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, as far as which sector of Kentucky. Okay. Because Kentucky evidently is broken down into sectors. It's like, man, you are going to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, I'm going... We had a Kentucky. Oh, dude, no, man. <laughs> sure. Good luck with yeah, that. All right, man. Yeah. Louisville's right around the corner, man. Yeah. Next okay. turn, probably. All right, sure. Okay. Wow. Is this Minnesota? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> all right. Well, again, that was Bart. the words of Bart Nunnally. Now, Bart, like most people, well, I mean, whether, you, anyways, Bart had a mother. 
<laughs> Most people do have those. They do. I was like, what? They don't. Maybe they don't see them all the time. But they, you had. You, you had you, one at you, one point. At one point, you came from a mother, and Bart was around his mother. It was Rosalie Jenkins. She also had encounters to share. One involves her daughter-in-law as she was bringing her children, which would, of course, be Rosalie's grandkids from next door. As there was a trailer next door to the house, so they taking them over. Okay. Rosalie Jenkins, quote. We had this big dusted on light out there beside the house, and I just happened to look over there, and there was this thing standing right directly under that light. But this he had. His face looked kind of like leather or something, you know, but his hair was on his arms, was long, in the, in the arms, and it was tall, and it was covered with, it looks like dark brown hair. Of course, it was night, but he was under that light. Of course, I screamed, and she, I told her, I said, hurry up and get them kids over here. Jackie, there's something out there. She got the kids over there, and I've seen it several times after that. It was running down the road over a fence there by the barn, and it was, I would say, every bit of eight feet tall. And that's not exaggerating at all. It was covered with hair, but it was just standing there, looking at us. This was truly a family affair. Now... Bart's brother Dean had heard some limbs breaking, not human limbs, like tree limbs mm-hmm. out in the forest, the <sighs> woods around their house. Why would you think that I would immediately assume it was <laughs> human limbs breaking and not tree limbs? <laughs> he heard some limbs breaking out <laughs> And he was totally calm. Ow, oh, nutcrack, snap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in case you needed some clarification, which clearly... It was not required. <laughs> I don't think it was. All right. So, Bart's <laughs> brother Dean had heard some limbs breaking. You and know, they weren't in the accompanied forest. by human screams. <laughs> oh, my arm! <laughs> <laughs> That's my leg. <laughs> uh. So imagine that. So then Bart he decided to be funny. You know, after hearing all that torture in the forest, and. uh chose to frighten his sister and niece to get in the house for dinner. Like, oh, something's coming to get you. Get in the house, you Mm -hmm. know. But then he saw something staring at them from the woods. Dean was too mortified to scream or make a sound, so everyone ran inside, and he told his mom what he saw. But it just kept staring. Anywhere from eight eight to ten feet tall, covered in reddish-brown hair, with some gray hair kind of sprinkled in, Mm -hmm. as if it was an elder animal. Yeah, the salt and pepper thing going he on. He did. He really did. Mm-hmm. Which kind of makes you think, so are all white Bigfoots just like older ones? They've just gone gray? Yeti is just the it's elders. They, they, they go to retire. It's like the Florida. Uh-huh. They retire into the... They just like cold. Yeah, because the hair makes them so warm anyways. Yeah. So they <laughs> go to the, the Himalayas. <laughs> the Himalayas. <laughs> the <laughs> retirement. Ah, it's so nice here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, soon enough, Bart's father would call the police. The state police would come and blast their horns and sirens at the Nunnally's request, which Bart said would scare the creature away. But after five or six calls, well, what do you think the police started to think of the situation? Uh, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's enough. So I'm they surprised s- they did it that many times. Right. I mean, if you, um, I'll, I'll get to it, but it's, it is a very remote part of Kentucky. So like 
like there's probably nothing else to do. Hmm. So like after about six calls, even the people who had nothing to do were like, all ah, right, we got better things to do. Yeah, we got better things to do. I can just stay at the station and fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, they would stop coming. What was going on? Again, they lived in a remote part of town, surrounded by forests and the Green River. Plenty of room for something to hide. Enough resources for something to thrive. To live. What was out there? Well, Rosalie Jenkins had more to say about these encounters. But you know, in regards to the police, but you know what the police, the state police told me when they come out there and was checking around and everything, said they thought it was a bear. I said, it's not a bear. I know what bears look like. And he said, well, I guess you know now it's against the law to shoot a bear. I said, I guess you know I don't care what it is. If it comes to that back door after me or my kids or husband, I'll shoot it. That's fair. It's very fair. A bear? Well, that was kind of a mainstream explanation. From the November 14th, 1975 version of the Messenger Inquirer newspaper. I'm going to read an article. Okay, I'm going to crack a beer. That sounds like a plan. Simply monstrous. Is that big green thing actually... Well, well, I don't have the whole title here. That's a problem. Anyways... Is that big green thing actually around? Might have been what it said. Eh, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I have the article, though, so I'm going to read you some of it. Okay. Spotsville, Kentucky. Some people say it's a monster. A man who has been tracking it says it's a brown bear or a small grizzly, and the wife of the game warden says it's all in some coon hunter's heads. One newspaper called it the Spotsville Monster. Then an Evansville television station got in the act with a big green thing that peered at people over the corn stalks of Henderson County Fields along the Green River. Ray Vibbert. That's a good last name. What was that again? <laughs> Ray Vibbert, V-I-B-B-E-R-T. <laughs> okay. Vibbert. Vibbert. I mean, feels like an amphibian's last name. Yes, it does. Oh, it's the amphibious Carl Vibbert. <laughs> <laughs> Down by the Green River. No, Ray Vibbert was the opposite of a waterman. He was a fireman. He lives on... <laughs> Riz- <laughs> uh-huh. Rizinger Road, north of Spotsville. He hunts a lot and has been quietly tracking the monster for several months. It's a bear. Either a brown bear or a small grizzly, he said Thursday. I saw it a few days ago while I was tracking it, but I couldn't tell for sure which kind it was. I was about 110 to 115 yards away from it. The bear, he says, has been roaming a circuit in the Green River Bottoms from near the mouth of the Green to the Bluff City, Herbertsville area, for some three years. During the time he has been tracking it, Vibbert says the bear has... I probably don't have to say it that way. I could just say Vibbert. No, I like it the other way. Vibbert. Yep. Says the bear has made the 30-odd mile circuit about once a month. Mrs. Bob Bolds of Smith... Mills, wife of the Henderson game warden, said she and her husband are real skeptical about the existence of a bear in Henderson County. No one has ever reported seeing it before, she said. Mrs. Bolds attributes the bear, monster, or whatever to coon hunters wanting to get a jump on the opening of coon season Wednesday. Are people hunting raccoons that much? That it's a job title? Evidently. Or it's just a fun thing to do. 
the coon hunters. Coon season. That's just a strange thing to me because, I, I mean, mean, we can go find some in my backyard right now. We don't need to. No, we probably, right. we, we definitely do not need to. <laughs> but if you want to dig traps out there. Not particularly. And then if anyone asks, why are all these holes all over the place? Like, well, catching some raccoons. <laughs> what do you think yeah. they're doing? Obviously. <laughs> why are there all these, like, sharpened stakes at the bottom of these pits? Is this a punji pit? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Is that a raccoon? <laughs> What is going on here? Huh. Oh. Who is the real monster? Get <laughs> out of here. Leave me alone. I'm just hunting raccoons. Now, when the coon hunters went out early, oh, want out early. So they, you know, they kind of, they've kind of had their fill of hunting the raccoons. They're like, ah, I've had about enough. They always invent a big black thing in the woods. She said, last year it was a panther out by the Penny Ryle Parkway. Several people reported hearing a panther scream as they drove along the toll road, she said, and many were becoming frightened. A group of men sat up there one night and watched for the big cat. Now, it turned out to be a guardrail along the highway, which, when the temperature was just right, made a screaming sound as vehicles whizzed by, she said. Sure. Can you imagine the guardrail that when a car drives by and it's cold? It goes, right, like a panther. Is that, is that a panther or is that guardrail? It's just a, it's just a screaming guardrail. <laughs> yeah, it's, it just happens. It used to be a man, and then it got turned into a guardrail, oh and my now God. it's some going man. through some... There's some witchcraft involved. It just screams. That's what it does. Oh it's, it doesn't want to be a guardrail. No, I want to be a man. <laughs> I want to be a man rail. No one wants one. That's <laughs> <laughs> strange. That's <laughs> strange to say. Coon hides have been high the last three years, Mrs. Bolds noted. A lot of people are just killing them for their hides. They'll use any excuse to get into the woods. Then when Bob catches them, they say they're looking for the bear or whatever. Interesting. So it's like she's imagining a, like a, a conspiracy against the game warden, where if he catches you and you're hunting raccoon hides, I guess, then I wasn't doing that. I was looking for the monster. Interesting excuse to invent a monster. Yeah, that's odd. You know, I guess hunting these raccoons is bad when you'd rather be accused of seeing an invisible monster. That's yeah. better. Like, no, 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 I was actually just seeing this Bigfoot creature. Oh, okay. Well, brown bears, she said, are an endangered species protected by federal law. There is no bear hunting season in Kentucky and it is legal to carry firearms or bows and arrows into the woods at night now. It's not a bad law. At, ni- at nighttime, having guns and arrows in the woods? I don't know. You think that's it's, okay? Uh-uh. If you're hunting stuff in the dark, total darkness? Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know. You m- might catch a man. What if, what if he was illegally hunting raccoons? It's fine then, right? <laughs> That's when you. That's when you hear the woods. That's when you hear those those limbs that I was talking about earlier break. <laughs> it's a man screaming in the woods, and then somebody runs away. Oh shit! That's a person. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. Sorry, dude. What? <laughs> Good luck. And then she goes on to say that you know maybe it's a bear, but after eleven years of answering her husband's phone calls, she has heard a lot of wild goose chases, and she remains skeptical. That's I kind of would like to hear what she would be these random phone calls she'd be getting. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to tell you one. Four or five years ago, a report of wolves in the county did end with the killing of a timber wolf, which was reportedly killing livestock, she said. But if it hadn't been killing stock, it shouldn't have been killed, though. Nope. 
There's a Timberwolf in Kentucky? Evidently, yeah, they said that was a true thing. So, huh. Now, Vibbert, again, the man, the fireman, who's hunting this creature or stalking it or whatever's going on, mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't about killing the bear. You know, he just wants to, you know, follow it. Um, if it stays away from anything, you know, like people or people's livestocks, yeah. he's going to leave it alone. It's made a nuisance of itself, he says. It's caused, it's scared a lot of people, but it hasn't really caused any harm. He thinks that it was once a pet. But I haven't had time to check it out yet. I've heard there was a family down there about 15 years ago that had three bears as pets. I believe this one is the youngest of those. Again, what a wild family that would be. Yeah. I'm just keeping three bears as pets in Kentucky. Yeah, we got our pet bears here. Um, One of them got out the other day, and we last saw going northwest. So I've just... just (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. So... I mean, clearly this is one. I'm going to read a little bit more of this article. Um, I'm probably going to read most of it, um, if not the whole thing. It's not, it's not much longer. But what happens when the newspapers get a hold of things? <laughs> when They what, tend to... What, what, hap- what do people do? Uh, they go looking for things. Well, th- this article says, There have been several reports in Henderson County of large numbers of hunters taking to the woods at night with high-powered rifles looking for the big green monster or the big brown bear. But Vibbert says he has talked to most of the people along the bear circuit, and they have only noticed scattered hunters. Uh, the deputies, you know, do what deputies do, and one of them said that they should get out of the woods, quote, before somebody gets shot down there. See, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you, huh? yeah. I'm for hunting monsters. It's true. Because you got to drink some beers, mm-hmm. and you got to go walk through the woods with all your guns with your friends. It sounds fine. It sounds fun. It does sound fun. And safe? I mean, ah, well, live a little. Yeah, what's fun if, it isn't, <laughs> if it's a little dangerous? You know, what isn't fun if it's not a little dangerous? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he was hoping that he'd be able to find it before the newspapers messed with the story, but Vibbert was um, unfortunately not able to do that. Okay. Um, so everybody's going out to have some fun. They're having a lot of fun, yeah. And he's talked about how the river's too strong, so the bear probably wasn't swimming. And then, but Mrs. Bold says, you know, again, she's heard these things before. And this is one of those phone calls I was talking about, quote. And this is, this is maybe, and we've, this has come up a little bit in other stories we've talked about. Um, during this exact period, the 70s, when a lot of people saw a bunch of wild things that may, that shouldn't exist where they are. Right. Quote, there was one man that's been calling me who says there was a circus train wreck here in 1935 and a lot of animals got loose, but nobody ever heard anything about that until here lately either. Now, I was you know, talking about this circus or like a zoo fell apart and all yeah. the animals just ran away and they mm-hmm. lived in the woods. I mean, as far as that goes, that may be one of the better explanations about any of these things. Like for a while, there was just animals roaming around that didn't belong. And then eventually, because there's no, no way to breed or whatever. They just disappear. They just, you know, live their lives and I mean, that's a pretty logical. Right. That makes the most sense of anything I've ever heard. You know, the circus thing, the zoo things we've talked about before. But, I mean, whatever's going on. um, The town is getting more publicity than it's had in years. All right. That's the end of that newspaper article. But it's kind of, and there's a few other ones. That was one of the main ones that I could find that was intact. But because uh, again, I would love to just get 
access to old newspaper articles and go through them, which maybe is on a horizon. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, like monster. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's a decent amount of stuff you can find. Right. I got some quotes. Let's do it. Quote, because this thing is a Spotsville monster. And he hasn't harmed anybody in our story that yet. That we know of. Well, in our story yet. Yet? Uh-oh. Quote. It killed over 250 of our chickens. Uh-oh. A horse, a goat. It just killed everything but our dogs. And our dogs were really vicious dogs. But when this thing would come up, they would run underneath the house where it, wouldn't, where it couldn't reach them. So what happened was this thing, it was killing other people's dogs and bringing them up to our property and just drop them on our property so we will find him, you know, so we would find him really strange. But they were, oh, there should have been a period there, I apologize. But anyways, let that soak in for just a second. This thing was killing other people's dogs and bringing them up to our property and just drop them on our property so we will find them. I mean, that's pretty twisted. It's right. like, your dogs keep getting away from me, uh-huh. so I'm going to taunt them uh-huh. with the corpses of their yeah. brethren. Crack! Blood. This huh. could be you. Yeah. You think it's someone with this power just like bash up the porch with the tape finger like, boom boom and just like start throwing wood around but maybe it couldn't it's a lot to do it's a lot of effort yeah maybe it's not that into it no. like it wants them dead but yeah. it's like yeah. so it's like oh, I guess I'm gonna kill these other dogs and just kind of throw it in your face yeah alright so really strange but they were everyone of these uh, animals was curiously you know again Horse, goat, 250 chickens. These things were curiously mutilated. The meat wasn't eaten. It looked like they were surgically opened up. The stomach cavity was empty. Well, that's strange. All the entrails were gone. The eyeballs were missing. And so were the tongues. Huh. But other than that, they were untouched. It's a weird quote. It's a weird one. That's strange, because that's not what you would expect to be taken. No. At all. Just all the fleshy stuff, yeah. All the squishy, gross stuff mm-hmm. that you typically don't want is gone. Right. And so whatever this thing was, it wasn't killing these things to eat them. It was it was taking their entrails and soft tissue. Hmm. That's a quote from Bart again. Bart Donnelly. With the police quickly becoming unreliable, the only ally the Dunleys had was a neighbor who had also seen the creature. An outdoorsman, he knew what did and did not belong in the woods. He had seen the creature inside an abandoned building. Then it just disappeared. It was there, and then it wasn't. Now, this man ignored the warning of local game wardens and continued to give the creature um, his attention by giving the Dunleys support. By hiding in the woods as the police pretended to look for the creature. So at some point, they call the police out. He mm-hmm. tells a story um, where he's sitting in the bushes. 
Like Hank, like he's just a creepy. He's a man with a. He was told to leave. He's like, nah, it's okay. So he goes in the bushes and hangs out with his gun. And the police said we're gonna go search the woods. And the police just go into the woods and just like light up a cigarette and talk about how like yeah we're gonna do this for a little bit. And then to say we looked and couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. But you know, seems like a police thing to do. Like yeah, we're not gonna do this right now. Yeah, monsters. We've been out here six times. That's okay. Yeah. We ain't doing that. All right. So how did the situation change Bart's life? Change Bart's life forever. Well, Bart had made it his ongoing mission to find out what this thing was and to research all things paranormal within Kentucky and go on to write and illustrate three books, Mysterious Kentucky, Bigfoot in Kentucky, and The Inhumanoids. And I believe the tagline for The Inhumanoids is beings or creatures that should not exist. Definitely piqued my attention. Yeah. In his pursuits, he has come across several eyewitnesses who have encountered what has become known, again, as the Spotsville Monster. But again, it's not just Spotsville. It's all over Henderson County. But the area is remote. In 2010, how many people do you think lived in Spotsville? 600. 325. Okay. So no one is around. Pretty remote. Very remote. Small town. Very much so. Is that why these creatures seem to make this area their home? But it seems they keep being seen. Now, you'd think they'd want to do a better job of hiding. You know, if that's what they want. Right. If they want to hide. Yeah. Maybe they know more about our culture than we think. And they know most people are going to ignore or insult and make fun of a bunch of local Kentuckians thinking they see a giant monster. Possibly. That is the case in the documentary, The Spotsville Monster, Kentucky's Bigfoot, where earlier Bart and the rest of his family quotes come from. And why their neighbor remains nameless, because he did not want his identity to be revealed. Because he was getting ridiculed by the people he told all 300 of them? They didn't seem to... You're right. And I mean, I imagine... I mean, that's just like a high school class. <laughs> yeah. Some high schools. Right. So, like... I mean, I just imagine it's a small town. So right. You so, can't like, hey. be telling that many people. And if a lot of these people are seeing this, I guess... I'm I mean, until... Simplifying you, things. No, no. I mean, I think you're doing a fine job. I, I but, don't. But, like, right... Well, if nobody's... <laughs> if you've seen it, you're like, yeah, I've seen that. And if you haven't, you're like, you're crazy. Yeah. You're stupid. Yeah. You're dumb. Idiot. Loser. Never mind. That's going to call him something else. I want to say something <laughs> stupid <laughs> that we've been joking about. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not fair. Yeah, it's, not, it's not. Yeah. I mean, in this role playing situation where we're being the bad guys, but. Nah, yes. not. No. All right. So Bart helped found the Kentucky Bigfoot Research Organization. Their website is KentuckyBigfoot.com. Have fun. Do your thing. The first line of their mission statement is the Kentucky Bigfoot Research Organization, the uh, KBRO. K-Bro. K-Bro. I like this first sentence, though. Is a non-kill research group that which seeks to prove the existence of and protect of these magnificent creatures. It's not a kill, man. They're not going to kill it. No. No. Did the website load for you? Oh, yeah. I'm okay. on it. Okay, good. <laughs> right, good. Now, what do you think is on this website? What could be maybe on it? What do you see in the upper left-hand corner? New reports. Hey, there you go. I already clicked on it. Okay. <laughs> I immediately clicked on it. <laughs> all right, well, just kind of look. See all the... Uh, there's two counties that have the most. There's Henderson, and then there's another one that I believe has 16. Do you see which one that is? I didn't write it down, but since you're there, I'll ask. Anderson has there 16. Henderson has 13. Now Carter's got 15. Oh, that's another one. Mm-hmm. Did a quick pass at the site because I was going to get distracted. 
Yeah, I'm already distracted. I'm I not going to listen to anything That's you say. Fine. From I this ignore point me on. for the rest of the duration of this episode. Mm-hmm. April 2009. I debated going in reverse chronological order because I'm going to read you three. Okay. Um, but I figure we'll I just, start we'll just go in order. I mean, that's oh. <laughs> All right. But as you can see, if you had clicked on one of them, there's a lot. They break it down is like this and that. I'm just going to read like, you know, like different descriptions. Like there's different categories if someone submits a claim or whatever. I'm just going to read this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was sitting home alone when my mother-in-law, Dolores Long, I believe this was Amy Long, called me to tell me. Our friend was back, and I asked her what she meant. She said, she said, go on your back porch and listen. I stepped outside, and off in the distance, I could hear this growling howl. It didn't just do it one time and stop. It was repeated howls. I screamed as loud as I could. Oh, shut up! <laughs> the howling stopped only for a minute, to a minute and a half. The next time it howled, it was in the woods behind my house. I could see the outline of a figure in the pasture next door. And it was huge. My pit bull dog, Bibi, was on the porch with me. I like to think maybe it has a different name, but the dog, it was, we're just calling it Bibi because the dog wandered man anonymous. I like that too. Okay. I think it'd be funny if that was the case. Yeah, they asked the dog if it wanted its name. It like, and it was like, nope. No, I'm going to make fun of can you talk? No. And it's going to kill all my friends yes. and leave their corpses <laughs> in the yard. I've heard the rumors. Yeah. Leave my Me. name out of it. Yeah, please. All right, so Bibi was on the porch with me when this thing howled. She whimpered, got down on her belly, and crawled back into the house and urinated all the way into the house as she refused to go back outside for over an hour. I called my nephew, Michael. Nephew is capitalized. Don't know why. It's fine. I called my nephew, Michael, and told him... What was going on? And he came down to the house, and then my nephew Josh Long showed up. They searched the woods. While they were searching the woods, this creature howled again, and it sounded like it was off behind Josh's dad's house, which is only about two and a half acres behind us. Also, space, close. but space, but, but close. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They went back there to look and could see nothing, but as they were driving back up the driveway, this creature howled out again, and it sounded like it was right at the end of Josh's dad's house. And coming back our way, Josh and Michael took off through the woods to try to get a look at what was coming back this way, but it hit the creek and disappeared. This is not the only encounter we have had with this creature. Back in 1990, me and my fiancé, John, who is now my husband, were parking on Trig Turner Road in Geneva, back by some oil tanks. And as we were getting ready to leave, the spot we had been parking... Hmm. You know what they were up to. Some debates. They were debating. We heard something approaching the truck. It was like heavy, heavy breathing. Now, we started the truck and took off. As we rounded the curve coming back to my mom's house on the edge of Trig Turner Road, we saw a herd of deer on the left side of the road. You could tell they were on high alert. So I hooked up the spotlight in the truck and began to shine it on, and there was something standing in the middle of the field. It was about seven and a half feet tall to eight feet tall, reddish-brown hair all over its body, and the hair hung from its arms, and it walked upright, and it had the most eerie eyes. They glowed an orange-red color. When the deer spotted it, they took off across the road towards the wooded creek, and this creature took off after them. John gunned the truck, and I kept the spotlight on it, and we were running about 30 to 35 miles per hour, 
and was just keeping up with it. This is like a high-speed chase. They're chasing this thing down. He's driving. She's in the back of the truck with the spotlight, and they're chasing a creature. Yeah. What a cool way to end a debate session. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Sounds pretty right? sweet. That's a sweet. If they consider this a date because they were parking, that's a pretty sweet date. That's a good date. Get in the back of the truck, honey. I got the spotlight. She wasn't even asked. She's like, I got the spotlight. Drive. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Mm. <laughs> Here we go. Mm-hmm. I'm so after we were running, yeah, blah, blah. So after spotlighting this truck, it didn't retreat. Rather, it kept pursuing the deer. And then they chased it. What? And then they chased it in their truck. What? I don't know who did. Did the deer of a truck? That's how, <laughs> that's how the sentence sounds. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I, I took it as is um, uh-huh. and kind of scanned it because this is a good story. But this little, all right, so let's just read. So after spotlighting this thing, it didn't retreat. Rather, it kept pursuing the deer, and then they chased it in their truck. Three question marks. It sounds like she switched to, like, by telling the story, she switched into like a different person. Yeah, she just changed the uh, went to third person the perspective. And like we chase, then they chase it, and they're like all of us. So she gave us a little insight, like that with a deer thought. <laughs> then they chase it in their truck. Like if if I had to imagine the deer being chased, what they would have liked to do in this situation, it would have been them piling into a truck and chasing this thing. Just imagine <laughs> a truck full of deer. Like we're gonna get you, bitch! Like wow, deer. That's and, aggressive. Yeah. Well, they get into trucks aggressively too. That's true. They just like to come through the <laughs> oh windshield. God, they really do, and then and then kill themselves in the driver <laughs> as they're kicking and hoofing. <laughs> they're dicks. <laughs> yeah, they're assholes. I'm coming in in my truck now. <laughs> you want to go for a ride? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, we're, hey, bitch, we're going to the afterlife. Why? <laughs> Why are we doing that? Uh, I don't think that's a wise idea. No, it's not we, a good idea we don't for got, anybody. We don't have any. We don't got time for a conversation. Really, <laughs> get in, stupid. We're going to the afterlife. <laughs> I really hope that's not what deer are thinking. <laughs> get in, stupid. We're going to hell. <sighs> when they hit the woods, we stop the truck and listen. It's a very long account, which I thought was hilarious. It's like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. When they hit the woods, we stop the truck and listened, and you could hear a deer honking the horn of his truck. Just kidding. Could hear a deer making the blah blah sound. I don't know what that means. Like a blah. Is that how deer? Yeah, it's spelled like the blah blah sound. Is that how deer sounds sound? Blah blah sounds like a goat. I mean, they do kind of bay like a goat. I guess similar. Blah. Yeah. Anyways, it made whatever sound that was. Sure. Like it had been caught. And I myself have had one other encounter with this creature during a camping trip to the Geneva Bottoms. Me and my ex-husband, David, were camping, and he was extremely on the tipsy side, so we all decided to go to bed in the camper. I had my children on the top bunk and my ex and I on the bottom when all of a sudden something jerked on the camper door so hard I thought it was coming off the hinges. Camper doors are flimsy, and if she claims it moved the camper a foot, it would broke the cheap handle which most campers have. I tried to wake up. It's, it's, that's quite a lot to read because there's no punctuation there. It was, it would broke. It would broke the cheap handle. Maybe the iPod corrected that on me. I don't think it did. It would broke the cheap handle, which most campers have. I tried to wake up my ex-husband, but of course he was out. <coughs> Again, it was a little tipsy. I could hear this creature walking all around the camper. I was so frightened that I crawled up on the top bunk to protect my children. It had to get me first. So three of them in a top bunk, 
This went on for almost two hours, and then it left. That's pretty intense. Right? That's a lot. Especially if you're like adrenaline's going and you think you're in a tense situation. Two hours? Uh-huh. Has to feel like it turned me. Absolutely. One hundred percent. And did I mention like I think I mentioned that it was like a year of, of Bart's life, but like that thing kept coming for like a whole year. Hmm. And just like rattling and hating the house and just making a mess of things. Be Which like that's a long that's a long time. Yeah, I've you never I've never heard of an account where like it consists of something because what it kind of reminded me of a lot when they're trapped like Bart in the house like you know the the Nunnally's house is kind of like the the Hopkinsville encounter but that was just a few days. Yeah, it, it was, was it, it was wasn't like two nights. Yeah, it wasn't a night. It wasn't like a year long siege of someone's house. I feel like you'd become numb to it at that point. You'd be like, well, he's back. <laughs> the cops isn't... stopped coming by to flash their sirens and scare him off. 359 days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The movie scene is I'm marking the calendar. Like, okay. Yeah. Hmm. The next morning, when I got up, I opened up the camper door, and there were large footprints outside the camper. Most of them were smeared or distorted, but when this creature pulled on the camper, it pulled it backwards about a foot, and if the camper had not been chained... To the tree, it would have rolled straight into the Ohio River, and we would have all drowned. Well, that's a bad time. That would have sucked. Yeah, because it pulled it past the wheel chocks. That was just a sentence. Because it pulled it past the wheel chocks. Mm-hmm. I have never been so scared in all my life, and I never went back to that spot to camp again. That was the story. Yeah. All right, let's move ahead a year. February two thousand ten. This was, this little encounter is very brief, um, and it was, it was entered into, like, the, uh, the K-Bro website by an uh, investigator. I uh, was walking, and they were walking in 14-acre woods, wanting to see the creature again, and did not. Or I was walking in a 15-acre woods. While I was walking out, I heard a low grunt, and as I turned, something big, estimated seven or eight feet tall, and Brown ran away and down in the woods. I ran out, of course. Couldn't make any details. But it was hairy. Then it, there's a little subsection here where it says, Describe the creature with a detail. Big, brown, tall, fast. Additional info. It made a low grunt similar to a pig. Hmm. And then December uh, 23rd, 2012. Oh, this is the situation that was described by... Uh, BK Bro Investigator Don Neal. As a vehicle topped a small hill just before a bridge crossing, the two young men in the front seat saw bright yellow eyes shine directly ahead in the road. Two things immediately caught their attention. One was the huge size of the eyes. Second was the height of the eyes. Both individuals were temporarily stunned as to what they were seeing. They began to slow down and try to see what this was ahead in the road. It was extremely dark, and all they could see was the distinct eye shine, and that this tall, shadowy outline of a figure was at least seven to eight feet tall and covered in what appeared to be either jet black f- hair or fur. All of these following events mentioned are happening in mere seconds, according to the witnesses. Quickly, the eye shine seemed to suggest that the creature looked at the vehicle and looked away twice, as if it was confused momentarily as to what to do as the vehicle was getting closer to it. Then the figure seemed to take only two steps from the left to the right or east to west and was instantly out of the road and gone from sight. 
The driver was so shocked that he sped away from the location. After about an hour passed and they tried to understand what they had just seen, they built up enough courage to go back to the same spot. They discovered that the creature was most likely almost on the bridge itself when they first saw its eyes shine. Then they noticed that the direction the creature had exited was at the foot of a steep embankment almost six feet high. This means that in two steps, the creature had seemed to walk up the steep incline and disappear from their sight. Both witnesses were extremely amazed at this possible feat and related that to me several times. Neither witness were believers in Bigfoot before this event, but both stated that as soon as they saw this shadowy figure, that was the first thing that entered their minds, as it appeared to be exactly like pictures and drawings of Bigfoot they had seen in the past. Now, hmm. What was the name of the site again? Do you still have it up? Yeah, I still got it up. Is it Kentucky Bigfoot? Yeah. Okay, good. For some reason, I wrote it in here different, because I'm pretty sure it was Cabro, because that's what I want to say. Well, that's the Kentucky B- Bigfoot Research Organization. Yeah, but so their website is just yeah. KentuckyBigfoot.com. Got it. Because I, I wrote down BK Row, and it's now it's Cabro. That site you're on is loaded with accounts. So, I mean, obviously, you felt inclined. If anyone's ever looking for a good time, Mm-hmm. Just go there and start reading accounts. Now, again, uh, Bart Nunnally's has written three books, um, Mysterious Kentucky, Bigfoot in Kentucky, and The Inhumanoids, which, again, I didn't dive too much into, but that one has my attention. Yes, it so sure does. I may have to revisit that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the reviews I've seen, people really hold these books in high regard. And I try to look up some of Bart's illustrations because they mentioned that he's a self-taught artist. I would like to see his drawings of monsters, but I think I need to purchase his books to do so. I couldn't find any scans online, so that's okay. Now, while looking this up, I found an article that says in southeastern Kentucky. So again, we're still in Kentucky, but like we're taking a little divergent away from um, the north Spotsville. Kentucky. Correct, right. Um, so not near Spotsville, but still worth noting since, again, we're hanging out in this episode in Kentucky. Um, remnants of weird stick configurations, like kind of like things that may or may not have been built. And the DNA of a primate that shouldn't be there was found by Bryce Johnson. Um, he ex- The subtitle in the article was Expedition Operations. Dr. Myria Mayer, she's a primatologist. Russell Accord, he's an ex-military survivalist. And Ronnie LeBlanc. Now, Mayer is no amateur Bigfoot investigator. She seems to be legitimate stuff because from the article, she is credited with the co-discovery of the world's smallest primates and brand new species, Russ's mouse lemur, which she co-discovered with her colleague, Dr. Ed Lewis, on an expedition in northeastern Madagascar. So this is for a TV show, by the way. But she's actually discovered a primate that was not known about before. So if I'm going to have anyone on my Bigfoot expedition... That's not a bad person to have. Seems about right. Yeah. All right. right. Now, on to the big feet. Quote from that article that I will shout out eventually. The DNA findings do not suggest a new species, but rather a match to known species of chimpanzee, she said. Because there are no known non-human primates in North America, this is an extremely surprising find and one that warrants further investigation. Uh, More quotes from the article. You have eyewitnesses accounts from tens of thousands of people who say they have encountered Bigfoot, some coming forward with blurry videos and photographs, Mayor said. But that is just not going to cut it. What we need is indisputable genetic evidence to really put this mystery to rest. 
I need some science involved. Makes sense. To really affirm what these people seem to believe. Mm -hmm. And there's no doubt in my mind that we are headed in the right direction. Now, finding what appears to be a very large structure, seemingly created with intention and requiring great strength as well as foresight, is interesting, Mayor said in an email. Now, it is not unheard of for primates to stack sticks or rocks, although for me, the jury is still out as to what that was. There is no guesswork in science. It is great that eDNA was collected from that site. That may give us the answers we're looking for. Now, from that article, I said I would give it a shout-out, so here it is, uh, citing my source. Could Kentucky's deep forests hide a piece of the Bigfoot puzzle? Now, using it, and this is also from that article, um, using an advanced algorithm, this is how they were able to narrow in on this area. They thought this would be a good place to look for big feet evidence. Uh, the team determined that location of a 75,000-acre area in southeast Kentucky held the greatest mathematical odds of encountering a Bigfoot during the specific 21-day window they were filming. The article didn't tell me what was used in the algorithm, so let's just assume math. it was something crazy like math. Do you, Science. The first thing I thought of, did you, um, do you remember much about Captain America, the Winter Soldier? Did you ever see that one? No. When, okay. uh, I saw it, uh, but I don't remember. Anything. Well, the, the, how the main plot was that Hydra had infiltrated the government, which is a side thing, but you know, Hydra had infiltrated the government, and um, Zola, a uh, German Nazi scientist who was brought over during Project Paperclip, had eventually became a computer. That's not the point. The point is okay. he, he had developed an algorithm that he could predict um, future Hydra enemies, like even into the future, find out who they would be so he would be able to kill them all now before they were a threat to Hydra. So I imagine some weird, I just, in my head, I pictured some weird algorithm they had developed. I don't know if they used a Nazi scientist. They probably didn't. I'm going to throw that out there. I'm going to argue that they did. Okay, awesome. Was he he a computer or a man? Could have been. Was he a man pewter? He could have been a person pewter. I was going to say, you're not going to say man pewter. You don't like that word. <laughs> Look at your face like, nah, man. <laughs> no, man. No man pewters. No, I don't remember any of that. Okay. But that's what I pictured. They typed in their code and like, there could be Bigfoot here in this remote area of Kentucky over the next 21 days. Yep. Enjoy yourselves. That's what the al- algorithm says. It's true. Enjoy yourselves. Now, the group was filming the second season of the tra- Travel Channel show, Expedition Bigfoot. I believe that was in 2020. I believe. At least the article was, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I just looked it up today. I probably should know for sure more, but I'm, it was 2020, I'm pretty sure. But anyways, that's a lot going on here. So obviously, it's Expedition Bigfoot. We're predisposed to finding evidence of big feet. We know how these things go. Yeah. So like, what's all involved here? I don't know. I'm just telling you what I read on the internet, as we are to do. Okay. So what does any of this mean? I mean... In regards to Bigfoot, it means, as they say, the story continues. Yep. And I mean, we started talking about 1975, and who can't be drawn back to the just never-ending barrage of Bigfoot sightings taking place during the 1970s? It's fine. Yeah, when was the original Patterson-Gimlin? Oh, shoot. Let's find that out real quick. Was it late 60s? 1967. Perfect. So again, imagine so like a world without the internet, so it could percolate to everybody. Let's say give it five years, so we're in the seven, and then yeah. 
What's uh what's five years from nineteen sixty seven? Nineteen seventy two. Comes up all the time. All the time. And like nineteen seventy two adjacent. Interesting. Like, Roger Patterson died in nineteen seventy two. No. That's what it says right here. I still got it pulled up. Oh, I believe you. I'm just shocked. Me too. Because what did that... Did, did, was that involved in ripping open some kind of fissure and time or dimensions or... The Bigfoot they caught on foot. Or on film. <laughs> on <laughs> on foot. On yeah. film. Uh-huh, yeah. Five years later, he finally tracked down Roger Patterson, made some sort of unholy sacrifice to his interdimensional deity and ripped open a portal to whatever man to everything where are they from and it's just pouring in to the 70s oh, i had such a like what if there was a this is a huge what uh, i shouldn't talk about we that. might get too far off track with I what just, i just said oh <laughs> maybe maybe we need like what because well, what if it like punched a hole in space time and then, like, the ripples affected. So, like, creatures are being seen. They they appear, like, maybe even, like, 1990. Like, imagine a shockwave going out in time, forwards and backwards, mm-hmm. that are caused by this event. And then creatures. Could be. Sure. Why not? Anyways, I've, well, I've had that thought in my head for a long time now. So mm-hmm. it's a little... Uh, you know, thoughts in my brain. What if a pole was punched in space time and it caused Sasquatches? Nick, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and go to bed. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? But anyways, I mean, sightings of big feet in 1970s. I tried and true paranormal staple. And I figured I came across that one. Um, there's a lot of them. Some with more information to go off of, but I bet there's a lot of information if we dove into Bart's books, which I did not have the time to do or access to do. Right. Um, but there's other more famous um, type big, but I feel like the Spotsville monster, and it's one of those things where like the area is so remote. Like I was expecting to kind of end this episode out. Um, well, I mean, I always hope we end up talking about a hole in space time, but or like talking about like breweries or like you know festivals they have, and it's a Spotsville monster festival. Yeah. I didn't come across any. Doesn't mean there isn't one, but it didn't seem to pop up in the It's the also searches. a really yeah. small town though. Right. It's not like they had mentioned people were trying to capitalize on it for tourist reasons, but like I didn't see any like staples or any like any obvious like gatherings. So maybe we're in the beginning stages of that, maybe. Maybe it's because there's so few people, you know, it, it somebody would have to want to organize it. Mm-hmm. And it'd be yeah. If I needed any reason to go to a very remote part of Kentucky, <laughs> it'd be for Bigfoot, I guess. Yeah, why not? <laughs> right? We have the Spotsville Monster. Cool. Spotsville Monster. Spotsville Monster. He's a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hear too many stories of a grudge match between Bigfoot and dogs. No. That was that was one a that lot. ends so poorly for her. Yeah. All the other dogs. His whips on the porch. That could be you. I get it, man. Jeez. <laughs> Please stop coming back. <laughs> wow. There's piles of dead dogs. Yeah. That's a lot of chickens to kill, too. You said 250 That's what chickens? he said. And that wasn't even a misquote. That's in that documentary, which I don't know if I mentioned it, but the documentary um, is on YouTube. It's only 38 minutes. Hmm. I might 
have to watch that. They get into more stuff that I didn't talk about because I thought people should still go, obviously, and watch the documentary. Yeah, but I want to watch it. I'll different watch uh, it the, the local Native Americans uh, get into, the tribe gets into some talk about ancient big feet and stuff, and there's some scientists involved. And, so, yeah, it's something to throw on YouTube, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 250 chickens? Jesus, man. That's yeah. a lot of chickens. Like, over the course of a year, I assume... They kept saying a whole year. That's a lot of chickens. It's a lot of, a lot of buying chickens, a lot of cleaning up dead chicken corpses. You'd think they would have learned to stay away from that thing after a while. Right. Like, oh, this guy's back. I yeah. saw what he did to Hennifer over there. Hennifer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out. Yeah. Well, I also imagine that uh, it's a nighttime. The chickens are sleeping. He just walks into the coop and just breaks all their necks. He's like, sleeping chicken, crack, sleeping chicken, crack, <laughs> crack. <laughs> he lifts up a chicken, egg, smash, mash, yeah. and he leaves. It's like, wow. <laughs> Jeez, Just, dude. Come on, man. Jeez, dude. And the dog? <laughs> yeah, and the dog. And I think you said one horse in there? Uh-huh. That poor horse. Yeah, there's a picture of a horse in the documentary, but I don't think it's, I don't know if it's the actual horse. It might just be a pic, but it's like a picture of a horse. It could just be like a dying, a, you know, a rotted horse. Maybe not the actual one that was one of the ones that were murdered. Yeah. But like it's like whole faces ripped off and it's missing part. It was a gruesome picture of a horse, wherever it came from. It's like, geez, guys. Hmm. But yeah. Just imagine a Sasquatch in the woods, like ripping out the eyeballs, punching through its chest, ripping out all of its entrails and then just leaving it. What's it doing with those? Maybe that's what it likes to eat. But you said it didn't eat any of them. Oh, the entrance. Well, they were gone, so we don't know what they do no. with them. Maybe he made a belt with it. I don't know. <laughs> it's fucked up. Yeah. I don't know. The part that's crazy to me is, I don't know, I listen to, I don't listen to it very often because it's not, it's always similar stuff, I think. Sure. Uh, but there's a podcast called Finding Sasquatch. What is it called? Sasquatch Chronicles? Those both sound familiar. Yeah, I listen to those. And it's just people calling in with their stories of... Uh, awesome. Sightings and everything. Yeah. And a lot of them say that the red eye shine, which, you know, when you normally see something outside, it's not typically red. No. Like... It's almost like that's how something would shine if it was from a different world. Well... Yeah, maybe. That's a good answer. <laughs> maybe, man. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's just bizarre that it would be like that. Because, you know, you hit, you walk out in my yard now and you hit a flashlight on a raccoon back there. Yeah. And you'd get that kind of, like, bright yellow yeah. glow. Or if you did it with a cat. Because I've seen cats back there every once in a while. Yeah. You even did it to my goat out there. Yeah. It's all the same color. Right. Yeah, the light bounces back differently. Mm-hmm. If I was more of a scientist, I wouldn't know why that is. Uh, because. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's probably something to do with wavelengths and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. No. I mean, it could just be how light reflects. reflects Refra- ref- yeah, refracts or reflects. It's, it's a term. Either way, we yeah, know what we're talking both. about. It's fine. You know, on a being from a parallel world. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Isn't you it? can't prove us wrong. Yeah, it's a fun game to play. The maybe <laughs> game. <laughs> maybe. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe, dude. I don't know. It's it's weird. But I mean, yes, because like I'm always, I'll be honest, I'm always torn with even talking about like Sasquatch stories, just because like like you said, kind of about the they're a lot of the same. Yeah. Like the mutilation stuff, kind of. I'm like, well, that's kind of fucked up. That's a little. Extreme. I mean, I find them all interesting. Likewise, but they're the same right when you come to tell a story it's like well this guy saw a thing and it ran away and he thought it was scary yeah i mean i would do the same so right oh exactly yeah yeah i've thought about doing we'll get there at some point oh yeah there's a few big ones and one i want to we talked about that we would probably we should probably readdress um that gets a lot of documentation and that's an illinois story yeah, yep. So that one, that one, it could be done eventually. But yeah, I figured just straight up monster story. And that's close to Kentucky, too. It's true. It's all right around there. And there's also story, well, we'll, we'll get to it. Because yeah, that's we'll right that. by Indiana, too. So there's some Indiana things yep. that are all around there. So so we're being vague, and you don't know what we're talking about. No. We've talked about it. Yeah, just don't Google. Outside of the show yeah. recently. Right. Just don't Google Kentucky, Indiana monsters. Don't give yourself spoilers. Get off the internet. Yeah. Come on, guys. Come on. Don't do that. That's our job. Right. Well, yeah. If you've seen any Sasquatches, you know, cool. If you heard knocking in the woods, I guess you can still tell me. No, you should tell me. Okay. For sure. T- <laughs> I want to know. And any strange screams outside. If you hear someone getting their limbs broken. I was going <laughs> to. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> my hand! I am not a tree. <laughs> That's my knee. It goes the other way. You're very calm about this. <laughs> Your limbs breaking. <laughs> oh my god, dude! <laughs> Ow! Crack. <laughs> Anyways, uh, email weird and feared podcast at gmail.com Facebook, Instagram. Spend a lot of time on there. We're also on the patreoncom slash feared where you can uh, support the show any way you feel fit. And um, get some bonus episodes for our series we call Behind the Veil, where the conversation continues. Yeah. Um, we're gonna and tell a friend. Yeah, exa- and write a review. Anything. It and all iTunes. Helps. Hopefully, nobody, hopefully, iTunes doesn't decide to eat your review. Does that. Sometimes. I really hate when it does that. Yeah, because we've seen some pretty nice reviews, and then. And then gone. And they're gone. Really, ma- like, really. Well, where'd it go? Makes me mad. And they're like, iTunes is like, nah, like, cool review. That's real great, right? That's so great. We're going to put it in the archive and save it somewhere. And you can't read it, though, ever again. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, thank you. Yes, thank you, guys. And thank you for staying spooky. Yeah, stay spooky.